Time again for another episode of Scaring is Sharing. That's right, the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views. That's what we do here. And we're the Scare Boys. <laughs> you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. We them Scare Boys. And you are Brandy Joe Planbeck, the Flame and Scream Queen himself. That's right. We're getting right to it today, okay? Usually there might be a little nussy footing around i didn't want to say the actual word i don't i don't even know if pussy footing does pussy footing refer to like cats tiptoeing around i would think so <laughs> if i had well, to like it refers to cats then i'm fine saying if it. i had to dissect the uh uh origin <laughs> i would assume that's where it comes from but teacher drew you're a teacher do you know <laughs> teach us <laughs> If you've never listened before, Jeremy and I discuss um, our favorite topic, which is horror, and its many facets and crooks and crannies in the universe. And then in the um, at the end of the first half, we assign the other person a film they have not seen before that we have seen. We share the scares. Then we take a brief interval and watch the films and come back and talk about them. So it's a good time. Yeah. And if you don't want to listen to us chatter, you can just look in the podcast notes and skip ahead to the reviews. There are time codes or whatever in the notes. So, but please stick around. Hang out I wanna, with us. I want to say you are correct. The uh, etymology of the word pussyfoot comes from the light, careful treads of a cat. So. Oh my God. Well, good. Like I, I wanted <laughs> to say, it and then like almost right as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, Ooh, that's like, sound like I don't like the term. Don't be a pussy, which probably also refers to be, don't be a cat, like a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> but in my mind, I've, I've sort of like taken it like, ah, oh, this is, but oh my God, it's all. It's all feline oriented. Yeah, that's where it comes from. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's get going. What are we starting with here? Well, first of all, I have to say yesterday I was talking to my husband and I asked him if he'd seen Freaks because we hadn't talked about our last episode yet. And he's like, yeah, I like it. And he's like, and I think I want to watch Deadstream. And I was like, it's what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I didn't listen to you guys talk about it. It just sounds like something I'd like. And I'm like, that. Uh, what <laughs> he constantly surprises me which is yeah yeah was what a good marriage will do for you just like whenever you tell me you happen to watch one flick or another with sarah i'm just like mm -hmm. oh wow okay yep, always always i'm shocked like i remember that with the uh, midsummer when sarah was just like can we watch midsummer tonight and i was like oh what <laughs> they keep us on our feet and that's yeah. what a good partner does that's what yeah. good friends do too like yeah, definitely keep each other surprised and yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love a good mm -hmm. relationship, no matter what it is, whether it's your 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 partner in life or your friends or your coworkers. Even mm -hmm. I'll take it. Um, so real quick, let's first talk about Jamie Lee Curtis winning the Oscar for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a fine film. I think yeah, it's fine. yes. But her Oscar speech was awesome, and horror fans around the world celebrated because of her speech yeah i mean i was like yes she's she's throwing it out to the <laughs> fans like us that have you know been with her all this time i know i just thought that was so cool of her because 
not like that people forget where they are, but I, I just, I, it was the last thing I expected for her to give yeah. sort of a throw out to like the, her genre fans. Me too. Yeah. I didn't think that would be a thing, but she, yeah, it was in there and I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah. That, I just thought that was so fucking cool. So got a big shout out there because she is amazing and i love that she never forgot her roots and i mean she obviously still she just did the trilogy so Mm -hmm. it's still in her blood um and who knows maybe she went through a phase where it was like i don't want to be known as a genre person i don't know i don't know her life Mm -hmm. uh regardless i i feel like sometimes that's how we are as people like there are certain things we're known for and sometimes we want to get away from that be known for something else but i feel like almost always we come back to who we are and where we've been and acknowledge it i seem to remember hearing a story where she had kind of like tried to move away from that stuff and you know uh but she had done like an event or something where she got uh made an appearance at some sort of halloween uh years after the fact and in fact this might even have been before like she did h2o okay um but she had done like a event at a fan convention or thing for halloween had gotten uh uh, roped into it uh and it like changed her perspective about how like the halloween movie movies specifically mean so much to people they loved that series so much that she wanted to be like re-engaged with it and uh connected to the fans again so and i mean say what you will have your own um you know, person who wears the the tiara or the crown, but she is the scream queen. She mm-hmm. is, yeah, like, she is the actual like epitome of it. That, yeah. So say what you will, but <clears throat> it's her. It's Jamie Lee it's Curtis. Her. It is her. Yeah. And then let's also talk about Scream real quick because it's just killing it at the box office, all puns intended, which mm-hmm. is great. Did you watch Jenna Ortega on Saturday Night Live? I did. It was fine. No screen sketch, a, which you pretty much said was probably going to happen. Yep, I predicted it. They've been, they've been like, like I'm not sure what it is. If it's the actor themselves coming in with the writers and being like, I don't want to do scream stuff or like whatever it is they're on there. Because like the only exception I can think of from recent memory is Adam Driver, who had done Star Wars sketches like both okay. times he's hosted. He's done. He did really good Star Wars sketches, but. Um, yeah, everybody else is, it seems like they're not even doing anything related to the cool property they're here for. So what's up with that? And I thought she was fine on it. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. my husband said he'd seen a lot worse. He watches it pretty much religiously and then sometimes just shows me the good sketches. But I watched that episode mostly. I kind of sort of paid attention. Mm -hmm. Um, but her, the exorcist sketch was not good. No, it was pretty boring. Yeah. Which is too bad. Yeah. I've been seeing, like, in the last couple of days, a ton of fan posters for Scream 7, and they mm-hmm. all relate to winter. Yeah, they're all winter and in the woods or something like, you it's know. Like the fandom has said, this is what we want. Yeah. Because every they want every slasher series in the snow. Like it's <laughs> blood it's, in the snow is great. <laughs> yeah, it's plagued Friday the thirteenth for years. I know there are people saying they should do a Halloween movie not on Halloween and like have it like after Halloween in the winter. Uh yeah. So it, it's out there in all kinds of slasher genres. That's so or, interesting. Uh, I should say franchises. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, because there's not a lot that have, and I wonder if it's just because it's not as accessible throughout the year. Like this summer, do you want to watch a movie that takes place in the winter? I mean, I don't care. But yeah, and it's not as yeah practical to do because shooting snow can be you either got to get fake snow and a lot of it, or go to a location that is snowy, and both mm-hmm. of those have all kinds of logistic nightmares. Yeah, but I saw like uh, you know the first like you know concept poster i saw and then but then i just kept seeing it and seeing that they were from different designers like creepy duck mm-hmm. who has the best posters ever yeah had one and then, and then i just like was like what the fuck is going on like had they announced that it was winter and it's like no no just wishful thinking <laughs> <laughs> but who knows i mean they've certainly listened before i feel mm-hmm. uh so yeah i thought that was kind of fun and then i was saddened by the fact that um Oh fuck! What's his name? Um, from I know what you did last summer. Freddie Prince Jr. was like, um, they haven't they talked to me. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> talked to me. I don't know why they said I was coming back for, for a sequel. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up because the article I read too, the interview with uh, Freddie Prince, uh, he said that he saw that he announcement and called them up like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then they Seriously? pitched him, they pitched him the movie then when he like. <laughs> Oh called God. them and he said he was like i'm not committing to anything until i see a script and it's got to be a really good script so um yeah we'll see what happens there it's so weird like just it just seems like such an odd thing to for someone to be like oh yeah they're coming back yeah and they said didn't they say uh jennifer love hewitt was coming back too yeah and i've not so, heard anything there. and she hasn't said anything so i wonder if did they get her and just assume Freddie Prince would sign up too if she was coming? Or she back? was like, "Oh, Freddie will do it if I'm doing yeah, it." Yeah, or like if it was that, <laughs> or like who knows? But she's been silent, so I don't know. Yeah, and Freddie Prince Jr. and um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar are still together, right? Yeah. Yep, they're still married. That's so sweet. I watched a. I can't remember who it was through. Maybe Vanity Fair. Sometimes they do this, like, uh, they have an actor and the, they watch various clips from things that they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And I watched one with her this past week, and it was fun because they watched some Buffy. Well, they watched, like, the opening of The Body, which, you know, she talked about how difficult it was. And and then they watched um, some of I Know What You Did Last Summer. And and I forget about how that chase sequence starts. Like, I always just think about the end and, like, the store and the alley. But I forget about the cop car that she's in. Because mm-hmm. that's... I think that that came out before Scream 2, right? Like, it was, like, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and then Scream 2. I want to say that sounds right. Because it's very similar. I mean, it has some similar tones to a particular scene in Scream 2 as well. Yeah. But I forget how early it starts, and it's just, it's so good. And she was like, oh, man, I haven't watched this in a while. This is good. Uh-huh. That was kind of fun. She just seems really cool. But I have no interest in watching that show that she's Yeah. And on. I, I have to say, no dig on them, but being that they're celebrities I've, like, grown up with. <laughs> I've been seeing them since they were kids when I was a kid. Uh, I like I'd seen a commercial or something they did, you know, in recent years. It was like the first time I'd like seen them appear in something for a minute. And I was just like, who are these old people? Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. No dig. But then I was like, wait a minute. I'm old (laughs) like that. It was just such a uh, grappling with your mortality sort of moment inspired by seeing uh, celebrities I've grown up with and loved for years aging. You know, I know it, it happens. happens. It happens. But, you know, I got to say, as like horror fans, it's so fun when you meet 
a younger horror lover who maybe <clears throat> hasn't seen this all the things that we have because we've been watching them for so fucking long. Yes. Like I love when that can happen when you find someone into it and they haven't seen everything. And it's like, ooh, I have I have such sights to show you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you have any other news before we get to maybe some fan mail, some terror grams? Uh, sort of spinning off of, yeah, talking about the Oscars since Guillermo del Toro just won Best Animated yeah. Feature for his Pinocchio adaptation uh, with Netflix. Uh, he is apparently now working on an adaptation of Frankenstein Oh, uh, for Netflix. Uh, and the rumored... Uh, cast so far is Mia Goth, uh, uh, Tom Holland, and Oscar Isaac. So, so far they're setting up a pretty stacked cast right there. Uh, that sounds with, great. With Del Toro doing what I imagine is his dream project. He's been talking about a Frankenstein script he wrote for like a couple decades now, I think. Like he he's wanted to do Frankenstein for so long. So I'm glad to see it's finally happening. At one point, I think he was going to do it with Universal, um, but that kind of fell apart. So it, it's interesting to see him doing, because he's got The Shape of Water, which is sort of a takeoff of Creature from the Black Lagoon. He's doing Frankenstein. Like I, I've heard him say in interviews, he's got ideas for like a Dracula or a, uh, um, a, a like a Wolfman type story. So it, it's interesting to see him. He can't do it like officially with Universal, but he's still finding ways to do his mm -hmm. own like remakes of their classic canon, which is kind of cool. Have you seen Pinocchio? Not yet. I really want to. I, I know. I put it on my list where I'm like, oh, cool. I should check that out. But now that it's won an Oscar, I'm like, okay, I should really check that out now. I know. I've heard such good things about it. I just, I, I feel like I should watch it. I don't have this strong urge, but I do like him. And I mean, everyone has just raved about it. Yeah. I was super bummed, even though I didn't think it would win, that Marcel the Shell didn't win because that movie was so fucking good. I thought it might be the Dark Horse. I had a feeling it was going to uh, win it just because I'd seen such, you know, glowing uh, critical yeah. appraisal of that uh, one. But it was just such a beautiful little film even to be nominated like speaks volumes i think for the quality of many films so mm -hmm. yeah and i really want not horror at all i really want to watch the animated short the boy the horse the mole yeah the fox or whatever it just looks so beautiful i, I haven't read the book which i yep. hear is great also but yeah i, I was unfamiliar it so with bad. it but i saw it and i was like oh wow that looks cool so and every year i say i'm gonna go down and see the anime or the shorts down at the detroit institute of art and yeah. every year I don't. Oh, well. <laughs> One of these years, I will. One, One year. of these years. Yeah. Uh, any other news before we do some terrograms? No, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's all I had. I wanted, you got the, uh, I know what you did last summer because I really wanted to mention that. And oh, one more thing. Uh, next month, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving starts shooting. Nice. So they've fast-tracked that thing. It's ready to go. So that's kind of cool that they're doing yet another. I yeah. thought anything related to Grindhouse was done. It would never come to be. They talked about there be too, being too many uh, rights issues going on as to who owns it anymore mm -hmm. and what studio because i mean i think the original was with miramax maybe and you that know sounds with, right with all that going on with the weinsteins uh it seems like a lot of movies got um lost 
uh, as to like who owns these anymore. Miramax had like panic mode and was selling things off. Um, so I, I don't know if they know what's going on there, but looks like Eli Roth figured it out. So that's cool. I hope they do more uh, uh, spinoffs from that still. Yeah. And I mean, Eli Roth has not had a hit in a hot minute. So, yeah, he seems to have been kind of in a little bit of a, an experimental area, though. I know he like directed a couple of documentaries for like Discovery Channel. Like he had one about sharks where I was like, wait, Eli Roth like directed that. And it's just a documentary about, you know, for Shark Week about sharks. So, yeah, I think he's been kind of searching and looking for something that, you know, will get him uh, out there again. Uh, two other teeny tidbits. Uh, did you read that the director of Megan was joking about how they they want to see Megan in a Fast and the Furious movie? No. <laughs> and I just was like, what other fun mashups could you do? <laughs> like Freddie in a rom-com, uh-huh. you know, uh, yeah. something like that. Jason and so- I don't know, a dinosaur movie, which also there's that Anne Hathaway dinosaur movie that's supposed to be happening. Uh, about oh, this? No, I didn't hear about that, but I was going to say mine my pitch was always Jason goes to college where, <laughs> where the assumption would be like, Oh, he's going to just rip through a bunch of college students. It's like, no, he becomes like captain of the hockey team. And like, I want it to be a college like comedy movie, but with Jason <laughs> in it. Or like um, pinhead goes to, um, Oh, what is it called? Uh, sex SLA sex and love anonymous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Things like that. That's what I want. Yeah, I think that that sounds like fun. But I love, yeah, I love the idea of, uh, I mean, and I feel like that could happen. Like, there's so many Fast and Furious movies. It's like, okay, yeah. At this yeah. point, I don't even know what's in them. You could tell me there's dinosaurs in one of them, and I'd be like, makes sense. Like, I've never, I haven't kept up with that <laughs> series. I don't know what's happening. But the Anne Hathaway movies with Bad Robot and uh, David Robert Mitchell, which I wrote down, but I don't, I can't tell you off the top of my head um, who he is and what he's done. But mm-hmm. they're all in teams for a mysterious dinosaur project, mm. which I figured may excite you a little bit. It doesn't titillate me. I like terribly. dinosaurs. I, and I like Anne Hathaway. So yeah. maybe between the two, we'll get something good. So Let's we'll see. see. Oh, David Robert Mitchell directed It Follows. Oh, that's why the name is familiar. Yep. Fucking love it follows. Uh, mm-hmm. So Okay, he's, well, he's that's a dinosaur bizarre. movie. Maybe that'll be cool. Yeah, I tried to watch that other film he did, like, Under the Blue Seascape or whatever. Uh, Under the Silver Lake. Thank you. And yeah. I made it, like, I don't know, 10 minutes in. I didn't give it a very valiant effort, but it was fine. Hey, and uh, one more bit of news that just popped to mind. I don't know if this still stands, but apparently Evil Dead Rise has debuted to a perfect Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, they they were talking good shit about it. And I think that it, it's supposed to have um, a Bruce Campbell cameo of some sort. They say he's in there, so keep your eyes peeled. And yeah. I don't know what that means. I it, yeah. I wonder if it'll be like a poster or a picture like <laughs> somewhere in the background. But yeah, but it's going to be. They say he's in like there. That. So, And he's been doing, Bruce has been doing the rounds at screenings, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, doing, doing Q&As and stuff. Since, of course, you know, he'll he and Sam Raimi will permanently be producers on it. So they're always involved with every incarnation of evil death cool. in some way. So it's cool that they're, they're guiding it. Their, their, yeah. their hand is always there to approve of it. So love that. Yep. 
All right, well, let's get to our teragrams. Yeah, let's do it. So first off, I'll kick us off. Lauren, friend of the podcast, wrote in, and um, I'm not going to read all this because it talks a little spoilery, but she says, I took Tess, her daughter, to see Scream 6 last night, so I was just listening to that half of the episode today. I want to watch it again, if only for the little Easter eggs, especially in the apartment. And then she talks about a scene later on that I won't get into, but did mention about how Ghostface had never talked to Gail before, which is just like so baffling. Oh. No. So but is that what about when she goes to the the stab fest? Does she not talk to him then? No, because it's no. the cameras. Yeah, it's, it's so she, it's such a wild notion. Yeah, yeah. No, she's never been on the phone with Ghostface. And I think that, and Lauren mentioned something about how he says, like, oh, we've never talked before, whatever. But it did not f- click with me at all when we watched it. Yeah, exactly. So wild. Yeah, cool. And then she, furthermore, she says, Jeremy mentioned Chud to Bud the Chud. And while I can't remember a damn thing about the movie, other than the classic personalized 80s theme, I do know I watched it. I'm including a link to the song because how dare he not mention such a masterpiece? Bud the Chud, the song by Nicholas Pike, which I watched and it is a little bit of a banger. Yeah, it is. I I can't believe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed that. Wow. I'm a walking. I'm a talking. <laughs> it, it's so good. Bud the Chud. But the chud, yep. yeah, it's so and it, good. There's a post credit scene, like because I watched it, it was with the credits, and there's a post credit scene which I was What's like, that? wow, that was way ahead ahead of its time. Yeah, there's some head, and it says something like, "I'll be back" or some shit. Oh, uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there is no chud three. So unfortunately, uh, oh, but yeah, check it out. I mean, I it makes me kind of want to watch Bud the Chud. Oh, maybe, and... maybe, maybe I'll stick it away as a later. Uh, you should. Choice I mean, I haven't this. seen the first one, so I don't know. I mean, I know I don't need to see the first one first, but like, it, I'm like, this sounds like some fun trash and good times. Yeah, it is 80s trash. It's yeah, it, but it or actually no, I don't even think it's the 80s. I think Bud the Chud was the 90s finally. But oh wow, <laughs> it might have been. Okay. Like 1990 that it came out but yeah no it's fun well thanks lauren for writing in and um speaking of tess and seeing scream take yeah. us into our next one jeremy the next one that comes from tess hi my favorite scare sharers long time no telegram. i have been listening every week loving your perspective and all this wonderful new horror and classics since i am so late i'll say congrats on 121 episodes and i adored your hundredth with joshua john miller fantastic oh. yeah that was a, so much fun to do the reason for the season is upon us scream six i waited till we saw it to listen and was so glad y'all loved it like i did glad we didn't miss anything with 2d version uh i thought it was such a thrilling continuation of our new generation i was jumpy scared full of anticipation let out a few yelps uh and had to cover my eyes and squirm uncomfortably in my seat more than a few times i also teared up twice i'm glad the writing was good so no connection felt contrived or forced but i am genuinely endeared to our core four i cannot wait for scream seven i'll never tire of this franchise Question: Did you miss Sydney Prescott? Is she essential to the lore? Love y'all. Kiss, hug, kiss, hug. Tess. Tess. Oh my God. Thank you. Feminasty. Feminasty herself. <laughs> uh, I, I think we touched on it briefly, but I didn't miss Sydney terribly. I yeah. I, I would say I missed her, and I did. I'll always miss her because, as we talked totally. about, these characters at this point feel like my personal friends. Uh, so not getting to see Sydney will always be a disappointment. Um, but 
but uh this movie you know they made it work like it didn't feel like there was a missing component without her granted i would love to see her again if she yeah. could come back uh and they can make it uh work for the story i'm all about it and i i think because they paid some honor to her in the film i mm-hmm. think that that made it better i feel like anyone who may have been a little bit like upset about it would was at least happy with how they paid their respects yeah absolutely i feel like they um yeah they they handled it perfectly in this one um and they could continue without her but i think there's always uh latitude for them to bring her back in the next one if they if they need to if they have a way that she could jump back in uh they could do it so and i think because this one did so well like i think that's great and obviously there'll be another one but I think if you bring her back, I feel like it's going to do even a little bit better because anyone who may have been like not wanted to see it because she wasn't in it will be like, oh, I'm fucking coming back. And all yeah. the people who enjoyed this one are going to come back, which is most people. Although mm-hmm. my husband just showed me our friend Jeremy Kuchark. I think you know Jeremy. Do you know yes. Jeremy? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's out in like L.A. now and like killing it. He's like just like he looks like he's sculpted out of i know he looks like mr hollywood right now yeah but he just had an instagram story and he had the poster of scream six and above it he just captioned in giant letters garbage oh no (laughs) i know so people are a little all over the place which i love i love being able to talk to people about you know how the films are ranked and whatever. And I've never been like that with any other franchise. I'm usually like, what are your favorites? But I I love this one knowing the full ranking from start, like from your least to your most. Like any other ones, I'm sort of like, what what ones do you love? Yeah, like, exactly. Like Elm Street and Friday the 13th. I don't know if it's because there's so many or if it's because there's like little, like one and three of Nightmare on Elm Street are together. One, three and, and New yeah. Nightmare. And uh, four and five are their own thing. So, like, it's almost like within the franchise, there are these through lines. Same with Friday the 13th. Same with Halloween. Same with Halloween. Yeah, yeah. you have all these different storylines. If you love Jamie Lloyd, then you're going to love four and five. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do the same thing. And I think it's because, like, with Friday and, like, Halloween especially, there's so many of them. Uh, and after a point, there and there's enough, like, stinkers where it's just mm-hmm. like I don't really care how you rate those because it's like there's a there's these good ones uh and then there's some okay ones and then there's always just a bunch that it's like I don't really care how you rank them because they're all just the drop off is so steep where you're just like you know curse of michael myers and resurrection mm. uh, they're just so bleh who even cares like if you rate one better than the other I don't care anymore at that point because they're yeah. just they're all just trashy so just trash yep but thanks for writing in, Tess. And uh, I have one final one to wrap us up. Speaking of our call out earlier to Teacher Drew, it is from him. And he writes, hey, guys, it's been a minute, but I'm back from Central Europe. It felt felt like home listening to you on the cobblestone streets of Prague. I like to read in airports and before bed. This trip, I discovered a horror novel called My Heart is a Chainsaw. It was a pleasant surprise. The final girl has the perfect personality and it is a, and is a horror fan, so references the genre constantly. It's worth checking out. So glad you included Deadstream on your latest episode. It was one of my top 10 of the year. One of my flights home was over 10 hours, so I had time to watch movies, and luckily they had a good selection of horror, horror adjacent options. I finally caught Don't Worry Darling. It was okay, but in some ways, it was too predictable for me. 
I rewatched Barbarian, and it was still a personal favorite. I also watched Lullaby. It was nothing original, and the acting was just okay, but hey, it killed some time and had a few creepy moments. Then I binged a few episodes of Chucky. It was fun and interesting, and any time a bully gets what they deserve, count me in. Scream wasn't out in theaters while I was adventuring, so I get to see it today. Color me excited. Till next time, stay healthy. Stay happy, stay you. Love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. I got those mixed up. It's stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Thanks, Teacher Drew. Thanks, uh, Teacher Drew. I've already seen his letterbox, so I know what he <sighs> thought about Scream 6. Uh, I'm going to say four and a half. Uh-huh. Oh, right with me. I knew it. I knew uh-huh. it. We are linked. We are screen siblings. And I really want to read. My heart is a chainsaw. I, I know what I uh, talk. Yeah, I, I heard about it because I think it's already like a year. I don't know. You know that in in this post COVID era we live in, it feels like everything runs together. So I'm like, did I hear about that last year, or was it two years ago, or was it actually earlier this year? I can't remember because everything is like mashed together at this point. Uh, but I know I heard about that book because NPR did a like uh, a profile on it in the author because i know it has to do with um uh it's about like a horror movie fan it's really steeped in all this like horror movie lover stuff but it does have like uh topical social commentary like is what the book is actually about i can't remember exactly what i heard but it you know it's of the moment uh dissecting some issues so i I really wanted to read it because i love when you can do that, when you can have some real world uh, mm-hmm. conversation about real issues, but with things that I love, like horror movies and slasher movies, especially. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wanted to check it out. Yeah, I had lunch with a coworker earlier this week and I went to her house because she was working from home and she had this sitting out because she watches horror movies. Like she has a letterbox, but like the movies she watches, I'm always like, what the fuck is that? Uh-huh. Like just like the most random stuff she must like find on like Amazon Prime or whatever. But she was reading that and I was like, oh my God, like I forgot about this and I want to read it. So I literally, as when I saw Teacher Drew's message, I was like, holy crap, I need to watch that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Bless you. Thank you. And so I literally just downloaded it onto my Audible because I've been listening to Talk Scary to Me while working out, but and it's only a podcast when they have um, a new episode out. Um, but I am going to start listening to that in between because I haven't listened to an audiobook while working out in a while. So you know, I thought it was a sign. It was came up twice in one week, and it is a slightly older book. So. Mm-hmm. I am excited to check it out. And I just looked it up. It released in 2021. So thank you. So yeah, it is new. I'm pretty sure a friend of the podcast, Nico, has mentioned it to me before. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, thanks, Teacher Drew. I've never heard of Lullaby. I'm glad you had a good trip. And we're so glad to have you back. And Chucky, I'll say, keep watching because the second season is where it's all at. Okay, I got to start, Chucky, finally. I know it's available to me. It's all on Shudder. It's all right in front of yeah. me. I, I mean, actually, I, I got Shudder and I have Peacock. It's on both of those. So <laughs> I need to just watch it. So, And if you want to write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram, scaringasharing, all one word. Yeah. And Jeremy, quickly, I have to talk about what I've watched this week. I started Swarm, this new, have you heard about it on Amazon Prime? I literally was just talking uh to sarah yesterday about how i want to watch it because i know it's donald glover yeah uh is involved who i i love uh and i know it's been referred to as this weird like 
I know it's that, you know, not related, but they're like, it's almost like a companion piece to Atlanta, uh, his TV series, which started as sort of like a sitcom about, you know, like the rap industry and all that. And then morphed into this much stranger, uh, harder to dissect sort of thing about, you know, a, just life in America. Um, and uh, Swarm, I'm hearing, is like, if you like Atlanta, you got to check out Swarm because he's he's doing something. He's involved with something very similar, but with a horror like uh-huh. uh, tinge to it. Yeah, I am enjoying it so far. Okay. Two episodes in and it is it's funny. It is um, a little wild. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really digging the storytelling so far. But everyone's cool. been talking about it. So I'm like, OK, fine, I'll give it a shot. And I'm, yeah. I'm digging it. I want to check it out. Yeah. And then I watched these two films, Horror in the High Desert, one and two. Mm. Part one is on YouTube for free. Just like type it in, Horror in the High Desert. I don't want to talk too much about it, but if anyone is in the mood to watch something, it's um, I, I would be really curious to know your thoughts. All I have to say is I watched both of them in a night. Like I went to go to bed and then I was like, oh, I'm going to try putting this on. And then I watched the first one and then I watched the second one. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> like, and then I was fucking scared. Like, I went in to go to the bathroom before I went to bed, and I was so fucking creeped out, which has not happened to me in a long time. Okay. I, <laughs> I gotta was look. so creeped out. I the second one up. you have to, like, rent on YouTube, but the first one's, like, fully on there. Okay. Um, so I recommend them. At least the first one. I think the second one's fine, but the first one was really fucking good. Okay. Um. So I was really surprised by that, but I kept hearing about it lately. So I was like, I'll give that a whirl. So I don't want to cool. say too much, but I recommend checking it out. Cool. What about you? Did you watch anything? Uh, you know, it was just St. Patrick's Day. Oh uh, boy! And so I watched Leprechaun. Oh. My my yearly watch of Leprechaun. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures. Uh, and two. I got through one and two. Oh. And those are the best of the series because after that. It's just becomes increasingly ridiculous and it's already a ridiculous premise. So it gets worse as it goes. But, uh, and I always have fun rewatching Jennifer Aniston in her greatest film role. <laughs> Leprechaun. After the object of my affection. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I will. I will say though, Jennifer Aniston, uh, she's pretty much been the same since the start. Cause yep. even in the first Leprechaun, you're like, she just showed up fully formed. Like this is who she is and what she does. Uh, and she's been doing it ever since. So, and her character is very much like how Rachel was in the very beginning of friends. Right. Absolutely. Like, like it's she the- evolves into more of like the nice girl, but she's kind of sassy. Yes. In the beginning of friends and in that first in Leprechaun. In fact, it wouldn't really be a stretch to think like, I think Leprechaun's the prequel to friends. Like this is what <laughs> Rachel was up to <laughs> before she moved to New York. So, Oh my God. That is hilarious. Yep. I love that. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yep. There you go. I think Leprechaun and friends, same universe, <laughs> shared universe. That's awesome. All right, well, shall we get to our shares? Let's do it. Let's share. All right. Well, I've been talking about this one forever and sharing it with you. Not forever, but for a while, ever since I watched it. So it's time because I'm yep. excited to watch it again. And that is Just Before Dawn. Oh, cool. Okay, good. We're finally yeah. doing it. We're yeah. finally doing it. All I know about this is it's a like a forgotten slasher, if you will. Like I know it's uh, from the heyday uh well, maybe even in predates, because I think it's like a late 70s movie, if I remember. But anyway, it's from when, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, 
Texas Chainsaw had opened the floodgates for crazed backwoods isolated getting killed by a maniac so i know that's what it's about some guys like on a camping trip i think getting attacked by a backwoods killer um and i think that's it but i've heard it does some interesting and you know wild stuff so i'm I'm excited to see this thing cool yeah and i'm gonna give you i've decided to keep going with the older movies because i seem to be hitting them out of the park every time with these (laughs) selections I'm making lately. Um, So I am giving you from 1932 uh, and fun. Interestingly enough, I was reading about this movie ahead of time, just brushing up again on the history of it. uh, And it connects to a couple of things we have just watched that I have just assigned to you older movies, but that is Island of Lost Souls. Oh God. I don't know anything about that. Cool. So in my mind, I go to Carnival of Souls, which I'm sure it is not like that, but yep. <laughs> that's like, you know, a girl getting in a car wreck and yep, kind of a... dying in zombies. But I, I have no idea. What is it called? Island of Carnival Souls? <laughs> Island of Lost Souls. Island of Lost Souls. I, I want to say it's like zombies, but I don't think zombies were around back then as mm-hmm. much. I mean, I know there was, I was a teenage zombie. Isn't that a thing? That is a thing. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to say it's some sort of people like shipwrecked on this island. And I'm going to say there's something like zombies, whatever the 1930s version of zombies are. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have to battle. That. God, I, I have no idea, but that's what I'm going with. And a I w- shipwrecked. And I, will, I will tell you, like a lot of these old movies, it's another literary adaptation. Uh, but they changed the title. So it's hard to guess okay. what, what book it is, but you've probably heard of the book it's based on so oh the island of dr moreau Mm, perhaps which i don't there's like a weird scientist maybe (laughs) who did i always get it confused with the most dangerous game which i had to read in high school which is such a weird thing to read in high school i feel i did too and that's a very good book it is but is it a book or is it a story well i guess it's a is it a short story or is it a novella? I can't remember. I feel like it's, it's a short story. It's not but... a full novel, but it is a... But still, like, fucked up to read in high school. I guess yeah. along with Lord of the Flies. We read... We read up, uh, which we didn't read, but... We, we read that uh, 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 Most Dangerous Game, and we read A Cask of Amontillado, uh, mm. Edgar Allan Poe, which is also pretty dark for his work, and also kind of messed up to read in high school. That's I mean, the one I'm all where for he, it. That's the one where he bricks the guy up in the wall alive. Right. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> well, Let's watch these flicks and come back and talk about him. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Uh, now we talk about the movies. That's right. So first up is me. But first up, Jeremy, I have to say, yeah, I'm five years sober today, and I just had to talk about it on the podcast because I talk about sobriety all the time. Yeah, that's. So uh... I'm gonna say, it. and this this podcast has helped keep me sober and helped me find happiness in a new world. Wow. So thank you. That's, that's all very. I to say. That, that's a lot to take in honestly it's, it's a lot of years okay it's a lot of time yeah but life is better for me and you know what so 
if you're struggling with addiction, there is help. You can reach out to me personally and ask. Um, and if you're not struggling with addiction and you can smoke them and drink them and pop them. <laughs> that's awesome. You. That's awesome too. And Enjoy we can still be for me. We can still be friends as you drink your liquid death. <laughs> liquid death spring water i want to try someone had a different one a watermelon one this past weekend oh there's like a there's like a a new one out was it that it might have been it's called convicted melon yeah that was it that's new and i'm like yeah i want that <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking of a convicted melon not really let's go to my film if you don't want to hear about just before dawn and you want to skip to jeremy's just look in the podcast notes and head on over and meet us there all right just before dawn directed by jeff lieberman in 1981 and the tagline on letterboxd is will anyone survive those hours just before dawn And the description is, in the Oregon mountains, a pair of hunters encounter a machete-wielding killer in an abandoned church. Meanwhile, five campers arrive to examine some property one of them has inherited, but are warned by the forest ranger not to venture forth. Soon after they set up camp, they begin hearing strange noises, encounter mysterious singing girl, and start disappearing one by one. They do. That's a good description. Yeah, and that's what happens when you go to Oregon. Yeah, stay away. Go to Wyoming instead. (laughs) Stay away from Oregon. No, no, no. We kid, we kid. All love to Oregon. Yes, the Oregon Trail. Though I've actually never been. And all I know is the Oregon Trail where you get dysentery and die. Yep. That's it. Anyway, uh, this was fun. Okay, well, let's now talk about yeah, Island well, of Lost Souls. Yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> no, yeah, this this was fun. Um, it's it's funny how this this feels like it should be. Actually, I say that, and I don't even know because it it this does feel like a smaller movie than a lot of the other, like at least budget wise, than a lot of the other slasher stuff that started to dominate the eighties. So I guess I can see how this is a little more obscure. Uh, of a movie um but it feels like it shouldn't be i don't know why more people don't talk about this one yeah i mean i literally just heard about it this year i think it was the first time i watched it like not but a couple months ago yeah it popped up on some slashers you've not seen or whatever Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll usually give those a try and i usually make a a maybe 15 30 minutes in if that and i'm like yeah no this is just like everything else but this one I found so good. Like I was creeped out from the first scene when he sees the guy in the hole in the ceiling. Like it's just eerie. Yeah. It's just like, there's just so much in this that I think is done so effectively. There's some like truly creepy, scary scenes. A hundred percent. And some camp as well. Like some funny, funny shit. Some like old, oh, this is the eighties. Yep. Yeah. There's and it's the, but it's the perfect blend because it doesn't detract from the scariness of the movie, um, but the fun is there to kind of lighten the mood when it's needed. So it is. It is. It's a well-made slasher. Yeah, it is. And okay, so tell me the scene that you, the scenes that you found most effective. Most effective. Yeah. Uh, I thought. Well, I guess it's more of a motif, but the recurring, the whistling in the woods, I yeah, thought was, was so like cool. immensely cool and creepy and effective. And it just like, yeah, just perfect. Cause it, it, it adds to that whole, like 
if you if you've spent enough time camping or you know out in the woods which i feel like many michiganders have for example such as myself um but you do think about the sound you hear or you think you're hearing do you know what's actually making them you know unless you can see where it's coming from uh, i've always found that to be unsettling where i'm like i think that's a bird but also i'm not an expert on birds so i don't know you know could be anything actually so um yeah i just found that to be like an amazingly creepy and effective thing to do is have that like whistling communication where everyone's like, huh, not sure what that's about. Um, but what did I think was most effective? Um, man, the rope scene, mm-hmm. rope bridge scene where the guy is like hanging on for dear life. Uh, I don't know. That really got me. I thought that was a really tense sequence and he's blowing the whistle. Uh, and they show everybody else like, did you hear something like elsewhere? Like, yeah, that's that that I thought was that really got me. Yeah. And when I was thinking about the scenes, that was sort of the last one to come to my mind. But it is a good scene. I, I find the scene where they're at the waterfall, like swimming around or are they even at the waterfall? Is it just a lake? Yeah, it's a waterfall. Yeah, the waterfall's there. That is so fucking creepy. Like the the first time I watched that, I was just like, that is so eerie. And it's like, you know it's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like and it but it reminds me of that scene in It Follows when they're at the beach mm-hmm. and like Yara, you see Yara walking down like the towards them, and then you see Yara swim by on like a floaty out in the water, and you're like, Whoa, wait, that's not Yara. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and it's that same sort of thing. Like, it's just so eerie. And another one where you know exactly what's happening, but I just find it so effective is when the guy and the girl are like making out and he doesn't have his glasses on and uh-huh. he's seeing the killer like come towards him. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's our friend. And he's, you know, he's real angry. <laughs> but yep. it's like, it's just so, it's just done so well. And I'm like, yep. how, how is this a thing? Yeah, they have so many of those. And the one where they're driving along and the guy jumps onto the back of the RV yes. and climbs up on the roof where it's like, yep, you can see him through the window and stuff, but they're not paying attention. So. And wait, you talked about Blue Sunshine. You've seen that? No, I've heard of Blue Sunshine. At a party, someone goes insane and murders three women. Well, the first sentence of the the description I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. No, Blue Sunshine, I know for, what's this guy's name? Jeff Lieberman? Yep. The director, like, that's his, like, considered his masterpiece. Um, uh, Blue Sunshine is another pseudo, like, slasher flick, but yeah, it has, like, these people took this LSD that maybe turned them into crazed killers. Mm. And you've also, weren't you just talking about squirm? Did you talk about that? I have seen squirm. Squirm was a classic on mystery science theater 3000. Like I I have the great episode uh, and squirm is about killer worms and it's ridiculous. (laughs) I also love that early eighties vibe. Like that, Warren and Danny and Jonathan. Oh my God. I love those early eighties guys. And I was going to say to this director made a movie uh, called Satan's little helper. That oh, I have yeah. seen and forgot about. And like, mm-hmm. that's, that's an interesting, like watching this though. And then remembering, cause I watched Satan's little helper like years ago. Um, and remember being surprised by it. Uh, cause like the box art and the stuff you see, like the trailer looks like one thing. But it, uh, I remember it being a lot more clever than it actually like what you thought it was going to be. Um, 
but I can see how that this movie just before dawn and that movie are from the same director. They feel like interesting, um, uh, maybe not commentaries, but like products of their time and what was going on with slasher movies. That's the one where it's like Halloween and the little boy, like befriends, like someone dressed as the devil and they go like kill people. Yes, correct. See, I remember hearing, oh, it's good. You should watch it. And I tried and didn't make it very far. Okay. I, I just remember it feeling really low budget. And not that low budget can't be good, but I that's what I remember. And I, I think that I didn't give it maybe a proper chance. That one that one is exceptionally low budget looking. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it was part of the aesthetic. Okay. Uh, like I th- I think not only was it like budgetary constraints, but I think that one was also he leaned into an aesthetic choice with it as well. Okay. Uh for what it was. Cause by the time it wraps up, it, it goes and it's not like revolutionary or anything. I think it's just a more interesting movie than uh you know and like and attention was not really paid to it when it came out so yeah i should give that a rewatch then or maybe i'm crazy because i haven't seen it in over a decade so maybe i'd have a totally different uh evaluation of it to rewatch i mean it now, amanda but... Plummer's in it and i do love amanda Plummer. Mm-hmm. okay didn't put that together uh I also think that it has some decent gore in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, I really think people should watch this. So yeah. like, I'm, I don't want to give talk yet about something that I want to talk about, <laughs> but there is some really good gore, which I also think is fantastic. Like I, I love, like there's sometimes we're like, Ooh, ow, gross. And I think the score is so good. Like even the whistling aside, like just like the sort of synthy score, but it's not like mid eighties yet. So it's sort of like early synth. Yeah. So it, it sounds like uh leftovers from like a seventies prog rock bands, like album or something like that, you yeah. know, just a little more organy than actual like John Carpenter, you know, synths going crazy doing cool electro stuff. So. And heart of glass is in the beginning and you're just like, all of a sudden like, wait, yeah. heart of glass. And you're like, all of a sudden you're like blondie. Like <laughs> how did that happen? If you try to do that now, you're going to pay like your whole budget just to license the song. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. Okay. And I think about that all the time because like I was rewatching, I think it's the first half of this very episode. I mentioned rewatching Leprechaun uh, and something that struck me in there was the amount of like, they're clearly wearing like, um, you know, Chuck Taylor's uh, uh, all-star, you know, basketball shoes and uh, just like the clothing labels. And there's a lot of brand names that are super uh, obvious in that movie. Uh, And and that was like of a different era. Brands used to not care. You could drink a Coca often, you know, half the time Coca-Cola, like in the eighties would just be like, Oh, cool. Exposure in a movie. Yes, you can, you can do that. Uh, We don't care. Now, if you try to do that stuff, of course, you got to pay, like, give us $3 million for this one second of uh, showing, you know, our brand. So yeah. it's funny how that became monetized. But back in the day, mm-hmm. all these companies didn't even half the time. They're like, no, you don't even have to pay us. Just we like the exposure. So, yeah, we will be in a movie. So that's so wild. So my point being, I bet Blondie just gave them the song. If they yeah. you know, whoever they asked probably was just like, sure. So. This movie is as if wrong turn and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th had a baby. Yeah, uh, I was reading online, too, that, uh, uh, of course, critics were like, oh, this feels like it's continuing, like, 
the conversation, so to speak, that Texas Chainsaw and the Hills Have Eyes like started by continuing to mine similar themes and territory. But apparently Jeff Lieberman said he never even saw those movies. So really? like this was just his idea, like or at least, uh, he, you know, they weren't a direct influence on the, the making of this. So. Yeah, and I mean, I could see like the kids like ru- you know run into this guy who's like who's drunk and is like you know oh there's something out there and they're like okay buddy like I can understand like not believing him mm-hmm. and but like when they go back to get some stuff from their camper and they're like yeah the the most of the wine was gone because someone broke into the camper and took everything I'd be like okay that's where you're concerned you should be concerned mm-hmm. <laughs> something there's definitely something out there that just stole all your food. Like I would be, but there that's not, no one's concerned about that. Yeah. I mean, in typical horror movie fashion, of course, I suppose so. Let's, let's stay here. And when they're walking across the rope bridge, they, they, they say repeatedly, it's like walking on a garden hose. And I don't know about you, but I guess I don't know what that's, I mean, I can imagine. But I've never I walked on a no. garden hose. He said like, it like, you should know what this is like. It's like walking on a garden hose. Yeah, like, don't you just throw your garden hose out at home and just walk it? <laughs> like, no, I don't. That that was, I thought that was weird, too. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Friday the 13th, though, because I kept thinking this entire movie, just remake this as a Friday the 13th movie. Like, plug in Jason, and this would be a really effective, you know, Friday the 13th plot. It's true. It is. And there's something about... um the scene where a particular character like washes up in the water mm-hmm. and the one girl's like, he was murdered. Wasn't he? I'm like, how do you know that? Like, yeah, she's just, she just seems to know. Yeah. Like he clearly drowned is like what happened. <laughs> what but, I would think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I mean, she was right. Yeah. I mean, well, it was a combo, truly a combo of the two. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it is. I just think it's surprisingly well-made. I think it's, um, effective in ways I couldn't have imagined. And I just, I'm going to talk brief spoileries for a Mm -hmm, moment. mm -hmm. So if you don't want to know the outcome of this film, skip ahead. I about died the first time it got to the ending when I first watched it and she kills him by fisting his throat. Yes. She just punches his mouth and continues to shove her fist down his throat. I'm like, this is insane. And I cannot believe that this is how this is going to wrap up. I know. I was like, where did they come up with that idea? We're like, you know what? That's how she should kill him. Like, let's seems, fist him to death. That seems like it would be really hard to do. Like, I don't But it was think... so awesome, though. I was just like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. talk about one of those moments that you're just like, wow, I cannot believe that's what just happened. And it's kind of cool because it, like, completes, of course, she, you know, kills him. And then it be- completes her transformation to the, like, badass hero, which is kind of a cool inversion of how these things normally wrap up with uh, Greg Henry's character, you know, like, yeah. crying and emotionally breaking down where you're like, that's a total inversion of how this normally would go. Yeah. And earlier she's like, I couldn't even pick up the knife. So, yeah, it's all about her coming around and not only being able to tackle things but really to take take matters into her own hands quite yeah. literally yes and i mean that's also kind of a twist ending there where you're not uh you know it's it's where am i going with this it, it's or i should say it's like a punchline because earlier they have that uh uh that line about like oh there's a lot of twins out here 
Mm-hmm. Like must be something in the water. And then that's like the reveal at the end is like, oh, it wasn't one killer. It was two. I was literally just going to ask that in the church scene with the guy with the glasses. I just didn't know if you had put it together that there were two of them prior to that moment. Mm-mm, no. Okay. I didn't know if I was supposed to have picked up on that because I remember the first time being like, oh, but then I'm like, oh, well, has it been obvious when we've seen the guy each time? Oh, that's a different guy. So, like, I, okay, good. Yeah. It I don't think it's super sort of twist. Yeah. Like, once it, like, looking back, it makes perfect sense. Uh, uh-huh. cause I'm like, cause I had noticed, I, I, unless I was like not paying attention or something, but I felt like it went right over my head that I'm like, uh, I remember thinking he had changed clothes or something at one point where I'm like, oh, he's okay. wearing a different outfit now. But then the guy with the vest and stuff came back later and I was like, oh, wait a minute. OK, there is, you know, two. So um, I didn't think it was super obvious until that last moment where one's dead and. Yeah, he comes back and you're like, wait a minute, there's two of them. So keep breeding in the same family long enough. Something is going to snap. Yeah. Thanks, George Kennedy. <laughs> So, yeah, anything else you'd like to say about Just Before Dawn? No, this was, you know, a uh, a quick and down and dirty uh, slasher gem. I feel like if you do like slashers, you should probably seek this out. Yeah, it a watch. Especially if you're a fan of, like, Texas Chainsaw, Hills Have Eyes, as we said earlier. Anything like that, the Backwoods Deliverance. If you're into that movie, you'll you'll probably dig this one, so. For sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, well, out of five, fists down your throat. How many do you give just before dawn? I give it three and a half. I am going to give it three and a half as well. Excellent. Yeah, still a uh, very solid scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. I like awesome. wanted to go four, but but I'm I think I'm good with three and a half. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, how... it's a lot for a slasher to get more four and above. Yeah, I feel like that's an exceptional slasher movie. Yeah, to get four because I almost went there too, but I'm like, but I'm not sure this is a. As we just talked this movie up though, but I'm like. I feel like it's a like a not not your top tier yet. Like it's, yeah. it's like a forgotten gem, but you know, I don't know if it's up there with like the original Friday the Thirteenth and Part Two. You, know, you mean like, to say? Yeah. Well, Part Two and Halloween. <laughs> hey, the original is pretty good too. But that's all right. Two is the superior movie. You are correct. <laughs> um, or the original Halloween or something uh, like that. I don't think yeah. it's it's not quite up to that level yet. No. So, but it but, is good and worth watching for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's let's uh, switch tracks here to 1932's Island of Lost Souls. Um, and the tagline on Letterboxd is terror stalked the brush choked island where men who were animals sought the girl who was all human. <laughs> Wait, read it again. Terror stalked the brush choked island where men who were animals sought the girl who was all human. Huh. I don't know. These taglines in these no, early movies are weird. That's totally not accurate at all. Okay. But. I'm like, that, <laughs> did I miss something? Like, really, even, well, even, well, I guess we'll get to it. Even when Ruth shows up on the island, though, they're not like, ooh. Yeah. It's just, more the, like, just the one oh, guy. 
Yeah, just the one guy. Okay. Yeah. So I think this movie is good, right? It's still it's an odd one. I didn't read the description. Oh, oh my god, that was just the tagline. Read <laughs> that the was just the tagline. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the description is an obsessed scientist conducts profane experiments in evolution, eventually establishing himself as the self-styled demigod to a race of mutated half-human abominations. Okay. Now that's accurate. Now that is accurate. So it is it's a like two weeks in a row. It's so odd to watch a movie where, where there's no score. Like there's it, it, where it's even weirder, it's like there's score in the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. but like in chase sequences and stuff, it is just so odd. And so, I I just like wish someone would have gone in and I don't know, put put music in. It just loses some like sometimes it's really cool and sometimes it feels like, oh, this feels incomplete. Yeah, yeah. There are especially in the beginning, I feel like a lot of the opening stuff like on the ship and stuff like that could have used some sort of musical accompaniment. Um I mean later in the movie I do I feel like some of it's effective without just the silence of the island in the night. Like I, I feel like atmospherically that works. But um, yeah, there's a lot of scenes where you're like, it feels like there should be music here because there's just people standing there not saying anything. So there should be a score or something. Yeah. And I I mean, I did somehow magically correctly say it was like Island of Dr. Moreau, which I could not for life of me. I've never seen. There's a m- version with some big actor, Marlon Brando. Yes, there's a version with Brando as Moreau that's like from the 90s, from the 90s. That's this famous movie that had like one of the most troubled productions ever in film history. So it's more legendary for that than the I mean, it's a mediocre movie. That's not a great film by any like stretch uh, that one. So it shows the troubled production shows in the final product. Um, And then there's a version from the 70s. Um, that I think was a British production with a bunch of names in it. Uh, everybody's escaping me right now. I think Michael York was in that one, if I remember correctly. Um, and then there's this one. Is and I, are the stories all similar compared and also like the story itself? Well, so this one adds like what I was reading is this one deviates from the. This is the first adaptation ever of Island of Dr. Moreau uh, as a film. Uh, And I know it deviates by like adding characters like uh, the Panther woman is not from the book. From what I understand, she was added for this movie, but she then appears in every adaptation after. So most, most other movies are actually a remake of this film rather than an adaptation of the original novel. So interesting. Yeah. Which is kind of wild where you're like, okay, so this one had such an impact that they just keep remaking this movie instead of even going back to the source material. Yeah. And I don't know why it just, it did not broadly appeal to me. Um, I didn't dislike it. I of course love that. It's short. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know. I, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I don't really like, like doctors who experiment on, like the movies that are sort of based on that, but then it's like weird because I really like the human centipede. So, oh, yeah. and that's essentially the same thing. But I don't know. There's something to like turning them into or morphing them with animals that is not necessarily like that monstery aspect of, I don't know, that doesn't necessarily appeal to me. Whereas something like the human centipede, where it's like a human experiment, and I guess it is here too. I just was like, why? 
does this not necessarily appeal to me as much? And I was trying to like pinpoint it, but then I was like, but then you like these other movies that are similar and this way and that way, but it's still a well-made movie. I liked Lada, the Panther girl, Mm -hmm. but he's like, she won't be scared of him. I don't know. There were just some, some things about it that I was a little maybe murky on, but as I'm talking about them, because I watched it like three days ago. So oh, sure. Yeah. You see, for me, too, it's funny where I remembered thinking I've seen this a few times now uh, in of past viewings. I remember being like, it's a pretty good movie. But this time around, I was like, this is an awesome movie. Like, what am I like? It's really connecting with me, this rewatch. Um, and I just freaking love Charles Lawton in this movie, his performance as Moreau, there's something about it where I'm like, every time I watch it, I'm like, this is amazing. I could just watch him talk and deliver his lines um, over and over. I mean, it's so arch and so, uh, you know, bordering on like comic book villainous, but like he just, he just delivers it. I love the guy who played Edward. Yes. So hot. Um, Richard Arlen. Oh, what a dreamboat. Um, so, okay. Answer me this then. Cause I probably heard it and missed it, but like, how did these, for lack of a better term, creatures, mm-hmm. how did they come to be? How are they? How is that combination happened? He just gives a bunch of like pseudoscience, uh, you know, or just gobbledygook. But essentially what he was saying was, he, they start as animals and he's literally perfected some sort of combination of surgery. And I think it's like radiation or something they're getting at. And he has transformed them into humanoid like beings. But isn't he trying to get Edward Parker to like have sex with Lada? Is yes. there's yes. So, okay. Cause then I wasn't sure if there'd been more of that, like bestiality going on, <laughs> like people. Yeah. Human beings having sex with animals to create what Not we're yet. seeing here. Not yet. These like the creations um, thus far are just from his experiments, whatever they may be, since they really don't really say, they don't say much other than he does some sort of surgeries and, uh, and things like that to like transform their actual like bodies and physiology. Um, but that's the thing is he's Lada's supposed to be the perfect one, the one that's come closest to being a human through all of his experiments. So he wants to see if she can reproduce and create human children. Interesting. But the house of pain is where these surgeries happen, where he would like put a pigtail on you or something like that. Like that's what's going on there. Well, yeah. Or he's, he's transforming the animal more like he'd remove the pigtail to turn it more human. Cause the thing is they've, they've started as animals and he's butchering them into being human like things. And the whole point of keeping Edward Parker there is the, the big thing is to be with Lada. Like that's yeah. why he's like trying to hold on to him is to like, that's it. Keep him with her. Okay. That's it. That's it. He's like, Hmm, time for an experiment here. Cause initially, you know, he's like, I don't want any outsiders on my Island. What are you doing? Leaving this guy here when the boat captain throws him, you know, but then he's like, this guy's hot. Yeah. Then he's like, wait a minute. Cause he, <laughs> He realizes Lada is afraid of himself, you know, uh, because he's just a bringer of pain, the house of pain. So, yeah. And then I talk about my mad doctors and how I'm not as into that. But then I really liked um, Overlord. And that's a yeah. lot of that, too. So yeah. I guess I'm very selective in my mad doctors and when I like them and when I'm less like them. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and th- this one for me is like my number one mad doctor. Cause again, like I'm just Charles Lawton's great. Like any role I see him in, he's, 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 he was, he was something else for sure. He can, he's got that gravitas. So especially and, when he's and, sitting there delivering lines in the shadows, when he's like, do you know what it means to feel like God? And you're like, Oh my God, this guy over the top. And Bella Lugosi's one of the humanoids. Yep. He's the speaker. No, the sayer of the law is the name okay. of the character. Yep. And that okay. was, that was Bella needing a paycheck. He was in a bad place at oh, the time. Bella. So that's how he took on what was not a starring role at all. This was definitely a lesser role for someone of his stature, but he needed a paycheck real bad. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a good little flick. It's well done. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it feels a little strange without the music, but that's also just a product of its time. Yeah, early in the sound era. I did want to uh, bring up too, this This one has little connections to uh, a couple of the older movies I've recently given you, which, number one, this was Paramount's follow-up to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Frederick March was, that was such a hit. They were like, let's do another uh, horror movie that's a literary adaptation also, we need some weird psychosexual stuff in it because <laughs> that okay. was like act- actively part of the script writing because they had that in, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So they're like, let's get it in this one, too. Um, and then number two, uh, apparently uh, Schlitzy, who appeared in Freaks, is Schlitz. also Schlitzy's in this movie, too. Oh, he's one of the uh, beast men. But like, I think I found him. He's literally you only see him real quick. Uh, in like one of the close-ups at the end when they're all going crazy and they start doing all these like you know showing all the different beasts uh, running amok he's one of them so and maybe that's why it didn't appeal to me as much I feel like the care it's the characterization like you're not as drawn to people like I mean Dr. Moreau's kind of you know like um like a little bit of a, a douchebag and like whatever like he's a mad scientist but mm-hmm. I don't know that I get to know like my here the people I'm supposed to root for. I don't feel I know them well enough to really root for them. Whereas something like Freaks, I'm like like all in with this this group of characters I'm meeting. And here it's I'm not I don't feel it's as strong in that regard. Yeah, it feels I think that's the short run time where this thing's only 70 minutes. So like I'm like, man, they throw a lot of plot, you know, development in there to get just get to the end. Uh and I think that was at the uh at the um detriment to the character development yeah but i'm just gonna say freaks is short and i thought the character development there was really good (laughs) well yeah yeah but i mean but it it, it doesn't have quite as much action it has like yeah two minutes of action really yeah it really that is a character study and then this was like okay we're on the island but now we want to throw in all these like action set pieces or all these set pieces with the beast men so uh you kind of you lose some of the the characterizations now because this is like pre-code mm-hmm. Hayes code or whatever do you think it would how would it have been different so i guess uh there the, like the version that's out there now is um uh one that the criterion collection was able to restore and put back together yeah that's so, the one i saw so apparently what's floating around or what had been floating around before was like a chopped up version um and some of the stuff that i don't know exactly what was removed one of the only things i know is actually the line i referenced of dr moreau saying do you know what it means to feel like god that was cut out 
Weird. Uh, because that was blasphemous. So that got oh cut God. out of like later versions. So there's like a weirdly a lot of scenes of Moreau talking is stuff that got cut out because people thought it was like blasphemous or wow. uh you know just too uncouth uh for people to hear about you know uh, what he was saying so like that's a lot of what got cut huh interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm glad i i could see it even though i really didn't know what it was before yeah now you do and <laughs> And uh, this movie, uh, its legacy, so to speak, uh, important to people like me, was a massive inspiration to the band Devo because of uh, the phrase, are we not men? Devo's first album is, are we not men? We are Devo. So they were heavily inspired by this movie uh, and have referenced it throughout their career. So, Well, thanks, Devo. Yeah, thanks, Devo. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't have anything else to say unless you do. No, that's it. I think on this. Okay. So out of, uh, oh, out of five uh, laws, what is the law? Out of five sayings of the law, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three sayings of the law. There you go. Okay. I'm disparity. I'm going four and a half because I love this (laughs) thing. Four and a half. Yeah. I love that. That's what I was thinking this last time I watched it. I'm like, this one's okay, but I revisit it pretty frequently. So clearly I've got some love for it. So, well, maybe it might just get bigger upon my rewatches as well. It may one day. One day. Well, still a solid scare of approval. Scare of approval. Second one. Yeah, double fisted down your throat, scare of approval. That's right. <laughs> Crack the whip. <laughs> Crack the whip, double fist it down your throat. Well, there you go. More Devo. Crack that whip. So, okay. You know, I, I should listen to some Devo. I don't think I could point one out in a line. Ooh, yeah. You should do it. Yeah. Is it like fun 80s rock? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep. 80s yeah, new wave, you know. Oh, yeah. New wave is the shit. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks, Jeremy. This was fun. As always. As always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, everybody, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Rate us, write us, review us on your platforms, and smash that like button. Smash it. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful for all of you and for you, Jeremy. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. And for all you listeners at yes. home, in the car. Perhaps you're out in the woods running from a crazed hillbilly. I, if you are, just I hope from, not. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't if know you why are, you're listening to us and not calling for help. But yeah, just remember that food's a little funny in the clown cafe. And <laughs> I <laughs> stole it. You took one of mine. <laughs> what is the law? <laughs> there you go. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.